This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. G'day, I'm Rob Jan, and welcome aboard the Starship Zero G science fiction fantasy and historical radio for episode number 1321, entitled Littorally Speaking. The podcast title is Potting Away 2020. Don't we all want to do that? Co-pilot Megan McHugh is leading an away team on some well-deserved shore leave this week, so I am Jan soloing it today. We're chafing in that littoral region betwixt the twilight zone of Christmas and the outer limits of Western New Year. So I'm just going to amble through the future a bit trailing my fingers hopefully on things to come but before I can uplift you I must remind myself how dismal things have been this past year that felt like several rolled into one so let's drop into a bit of a Christmas New Year tradition for Zero G and play some anti-claws tracks so we've got O oh Come All Ye Fateful from 19 Action News here on Zero G on Free Triple R FM. 2X2L calling CQ. 2X2L calling CQ. 2X2L calling CQ New York. Isn't there anyone on the air? Isn't there anyone on the air? He's a sick man. This is where sick people come. Zero G is fun, as you were. Yeah. Rob Jan here on Zero G today. And that was 19 Action News with O Come All Ye Fateful. So you know what kind of show you're listening to. We battled our way through the hordes of zombies to bring the strange little show that is Zero G to you between those most unholy days. Now, television, it kept us going, you've got to say. Not just any television, streaming. I am watching the glory that is season five of The Expanse. Not right now, I'm actually talking to you, but I have been watching it. It drops on Wednesday on Amazon Prime. There are four episodes in a loader already into this season, and it is magnificent. One of the finest science fiction shows ever made. Why do I like The Expanse so much? Well, hard science and is where it starts and ends, but I also enjoy the fact that it's about near-Earth space in the not-too-distant future. So there's lots of reasons to like The Expanse. And if you haven't watched it, and you're a science fiction fan, get out there into the black, as they say, the void, and find yourself 
having your mind expanded in several different fashions. Now, we will get to the expanse in the new year, but I'm giving you a chance to go off and watch some of it if you haven't had it already. Or read the books first. There's another way to do it. Because it is based upon a series of novels. Star Trek Discovery has been heading towards the end of its season three on Netflix with some remarkable and actually quite welcome nods to the past. In fact, picking up on some threads that have been established all the way back to classic Star Trek, back to the days of Jim Kirk and his crew, pivoting through elements that we have encountered before in more recent Star Trek, including Enterprise and Discovery itself. Some call it fan service. Some just call it being referential to the past. And you know, when you get to be shows like Doctor Who or Star Trek or even Star Wars, you actually get to do that. That is a a definite trope that you can engage in. Now, Doctor Who on New Year's Day. Their special is the revolution of the Daleks. When you hear the word Dalek, you know that you're in for something particularly exciting. At least I hope so. I do note that both John Barrowman and Chris Knopf will be reprising their roles as Captain Jack Harkness and Jack Robertson, respectively. And of course, along with Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, we have Ryan, Graham and Yaz companions all in there to battle the Daleks. I'm sure they're probably not going to be providing the Daleks with Christmas cheer and New Year celebrations. I have also heard that at least two of the actors will no longer be going forwards with this current Doctor. So there's a bit of sadness for us. On New Year's Day, the Doctor Who special for this year, you know... 2021 is looking better already. It starts out with the Doctor and Donald Trump being booted unceremoniously from office and a vaccine for this dreadful pandemic, or several. You know, it's looking better already. On television coming up, I've also heard about a show called Clarice, which is a kind of a tie-in to Silence of the Lambs. And um, apparently it's going to focus about... Clarice Starling, who's going back to work at the FBI after her encounters with Hannibal Lecter. Although, in the books, she ends up becoming a fellow cannibal, so that probably wouldn't play too well. I recall from the movie series that they backed off doing that, so not sure when it's uh, going to come out over here yet. We've also got Snowpiercer Season 2 coming up on Netflix in January. What a great show to watch, just to remind yourself of your isolation during 2020. But the big one, well, you know, so many things in the Marvel Cinematic and Small Screen Universe coming up. Uh, We'll get to those in a second. I think we will remind you of the glory that is the Mandalorian with the... Chapter 1, main title theme by Ludwig Goransson. Just to give you a bit of an uplift there. 
Hi, this is Corey McAbee from Stingray Sam and the American Astronaut, and you're listening to Zero G on 3 R FM. He does the things that folks don't do that need to be done. Yeah, the Mandalorian main title theme, skettying all the space westerns there, noodling all the samurai movies. So awesome, that theme with Ludwig Goranson from The Mandalorian. Chapter One, but you know they pretty much run it across all of the assorted seasons, and it has been glorious. John Favreau showing the way to handle an armoured character who doesn't even take his helmet off for the cast photo. <laughs> well, we've seen the startling last episode of season two, and I'm going to spoil it right now. No, I am not. That would be mean because you may not have seen it yet, because I know it's been quite busy for you over the last week or so, all these celebrations and celebrations. if you happen to be an atheist like me and like to think deeply at this time of year. But why would I spoil that for you anyway? The wonder that is The Mandalorian, its finale. I think they executed it extremely well. And yeah, you know, there are times when I put the helmet visor on and look at Star Wars through its original intent, which was to be extremely nostalgic and extremely derivative. Of course, with so many decades under its sash belt, Star Wars now is self-referential a lot of the times, even though The Mandalorian pulls in so many amazing tropes from cinema itself. Self-referential. I kind of like that. And they did land the last episode very, very well. And so well that they have decided to do nine, count them, nine new Star Wars television series. That's a bit much, isn't it? Phew. The first one is Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is going to actually star Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen returning to Star Wars. And this is going to um, take place ten years after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Ah, so following her live-action debut in The Mandalorian. So she's going to get her own series. Show run by Dave Filoni, who did uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, I think, and the showrunner for The Mandalorian, Jon Favreau. So we don't know much about it yet. Maybe it will have something to do with some of the things that she teased in her storyline, Ahsoka, or Rosario Dawson in her alter ego. Rangers of the New Republic is another one being developed by Filoni and Favreau and this is going to take place in the same sort of era as the Mandalorian. So you expect that there'll be some uh, elements about the people who are trying to do their best to keep the New Republic going. Andor is another one which has got Alan Tudyk from, from Firefly and Serenity. Well he's stopped being a leaf in the wind now what, too soon? And now he is in this prequel series to Rogue One, one of the finer Star Wars movies. So they're going to start filming that in 2020, 12 episodes coming out in 2022, maybe. You know, you don't know how things will run. But the Bad Batch do. This is an animated series, and this is going to be set after Revenge of the Sith. And it's um, about a unit of uh, clone troopers who have gone rogue. So this is spinning off the uh, Clone Wars animated series. And speaking of animation, Star Wars Visions, 
Disney Plus is putting together a collection of 10 animated short films. So they're going to do a take on um, the Star Wars universe through Japanese anime creators, which is similar to anthologies that we've seen across the board. They did one for the the Matrix series and, you know, there was um, Altered Carbon um, one as well and uh, the MCU's done its anime uh, adventures as well. Lando, and that's we don't know much about this one. It's going to be show run by Justin Simeon, who has directed uh, Dear White People and Bad Hair, but it's got something to do with Lando Calrissian, the smuggler and gambler and casino runner from previous Star Wars movies. And The Acolyte is a series that actually is set well in the past, um, hundreds of years before the events of Phantom Menace. So we've not gone back that far before. And it's actually going to be a live-action series show run by Lesel Headland, who is the creator of the series Russian Doll. So that actually piques my interest there. Okay, I'm beginning to run down on my enthusiasm for how many of these shows there are, but some of these actually sound quite good. Uh, A Droid Story, Animated Series, R2-D2, C3PO, not all that unusual an idea. And movies as well. These ones are not going to be coming out for quite some time, so a few years out on this, but uh, Rogue Squadron with Patty Jenkins, director of the Wonder Woman movies, and Taika Waititi, who has worked on The Mandalorian and also played the voice of the robot IG-11, directed the final episode of The Mandalorian's first season, as well as being such a stellar talent across a wide range of movies, including MCU ones. So, yeah... Quite a bit of Star Wars coming our way. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I leave that up to your own sensibilities. I'm just telling you about it. I'm not going to be the star gatekeeper on it at the moment because it's going to be around for a while, I reckon. All right, so we've played a track from The Mandalorian. Now, what will I give you next? Well, you know what? It would not, gosh darn it, be a zero-G Christmas without a track by William Shatner. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure he's actually singing this one about Baby Yoda or Grogu from the Mandalorian series. So don't think of Christmas when you think about this one, but think of the Mandalorian and the child. Oh, all right. Maybe you can also think of Lone Wolf and Cub if you are in the know. So this is Little Drummer Boy featuring Joe Louis Walker. And this is from Shatner Claws. So it does have Mr. William Shatner. Hello, this is Peter Davison. I played the Fifth Doctor. You're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple R FM. Interesting. This thing is smaller on the inside than it is on the outside. Sorry, mustache. <laughs> wow. <sighs> William Shatner and Joe Louis Walker from Shatner Claws, an album which featured a song called The Little Drummer Boy, obviously about the Mandalorian and the child, obviously. Well, now that we've established where you are, <laughs> definitely Zero G, chafing between Christmas and New Year. Rob Jan here at the helm with Megan McHugh on a well-deserved landing party, a bit of shore leave. And you may have noticed that we played our podcast introduction theme at the start of today, which is just to remind you that Zero G is also podcast after it has been aired. (laughs) 
and shaken out. The podcast is produced by our diligent and no doubt long-suffering Kayla Larson. So just wanted to mention that that can be found on the Triple R site at rrr.org.au. Now, on to a sadder note, I wanted to mention the passing of the US American writer and editor, Doctor of Education, Benjamin William Bova, or Ben Bova, as he was known to fandom in general. Born on November 8th in 1932 in Pennsylvania and died in Florida, aged 88, on November the 29th of COVID-19-related pneumonia and a stroke. During his career, he wrote 124 books. A six-time winner of the Hugo Award, he was editor of multiple books and genre magazines, including the Science Fiction Hall of Fame, Volume 2, a book which was very dear to my heart, and the grand tour series of novels about the exploration and colonisation of the solar system. Along the way, he found time to edit analogue science fact and fiction and Omni as well. Do you remember Omni? magazine of science and science fiction and he was also president of both the national space society and the science fiction writers of america he was a science fiction writer who actually worked in the u.s space program on project vanguard back in the 1950s as a technical writer as well as being a consultant for the ill-starred canadian science fiction television series the star lost He wrote a satirical novel about his television experiences working on that and archly called it The Star Crossed. He also worked on a children's science fiction series, Landed Lost, for a bit, and most recently the 2010 movie Repo Men, as well as the television series Altered Carbon, providing a consultation as a science fiction expert on those shows. Well... Sad to hear the death of Ben Bova, great science fiction writer and editor, and he will be missed by all. All right, let's lift you up a bit here with another Christmas-themed track. I don't say this is corny, but um, you probably want to uh, make sure there's some of that food group inside your shawarma after you've listened to this. It is the Avengers Christmas Medley from Christmas Movie Epics, and the artist is Alala. (laughs) Hello, I'm Ray Harryhausen, animation pioneer. You're listening to Zero G on 3RRR-FM. Indeed you are, and that was the Avengers Christmas Medley. And that one was by Alala from their Christmas Movie Epics album. <sighs> so little time, so many anti-claws tunes. Actually, that was pretty sweet, really, when you think about it. Well, as with everything else, 2020 has not been a great year for Marvel, either in comics, after they stopped being distributed physically, or for large or small screen Content Though we did get the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale on television as it concluded its seventh season, it's 136 episodes. But in 2021, well, there's a bit of a shift of focus to streaming. And as before, as we're talking about some Star Wars series, some, nine, that are in production at the moment, 
or being thought about. You don't need to see this Star Wars series. That's not the television show you want to see. I don't need to see that Star Wars series. It's not the television series I want to see. Move along, move along. WandaVision, January the 15th, dropping on Disney+. Plus. This is the one where the Scarlet Witch and the Android Vision are living in a small town called Westview in what seems to be a 1950s and 1980s inspired sitcom universe. Whether it's a metahuman prison and or a product of Wanda's chaos powers remains to be seen, though both have precedent in the comics. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are reprising their roles from the movies and Kat Dennings is there as Darcy Lewis. Remember her from the Thor movies? And Randall Park will be there as Jimmy Woo. We last saw him, I think, in the MCU as in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Monica Rambo appearing as an adult in the, here, played by Tiona Paris. Uh, you may also want to know that Jack Schaefer has been working on this and he comes from the upcoming Black Widow film. And before that, we've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and that's dropping in March 19th, again on Disney+. Plus. This is going to be the home of these new MCU series. Six-episode series. And as you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, while the production was mucked around by the pandemic, had to do some reshoots and finish their production run. But they did actually get it all done in October. So hopefully that will be the second of these series to drop on Disney+. Plus. Anthony Mackie is playing Sam Wilson, the Falcon. Perhaps we should also call him Captain America, since he now has the shield borne by his predecessor, Steve Rogers. And Sebastian Stan is playing Bucky Barnes. So I think they're also going to play with the idea of the US government having its own ideas about who should be the successor to Steve Rogers wearing the Captain America colours. I think they're probably going to introduce the US agent character, uh, Wyatt Russell, going to be tabbed to play that character. We're also seeing Emily Van Camp reprising her role of Sharon Carter, Daniel Brühl playing Helmut Zemo, and Georges Saint-Pierre as Batroc, the Leaper. Many of these characters being seen in previous MCU movies. Now, this is outside the MCU. This is Sony. Remember them? <laughs> they still have Marvel characters in this complicated crossover arrangement with Marvel, which allows them to have people going back and forwards, which is a great thing. I'm glad they finally got that sorted out. March 19th, that movie comes out. Things are all going well. Uh, and this is another one, a character who's fairly obscure to the layperson, but well-known amongst vampirists, <laughs> Michael Morbius. It's called Morbius. Jared Leto is playing the character here, hopefully in a bit more of a successful transition to superhero roles than playing the Joker. And it's being directed by Daniel Espinosa, who gave us the space science fiction horror movie Life. And, yeah, it will be a, a kind of a horror science fiction superhero movie because Morbius is the living vampire. And we do know that um, they've teased us that Michael Keaton's Vulture will appear in this film as well. Ha! I do like a good crossover there. I hope it's better than the Venom movie. I didn't much care for that one myself, but this sounds like it's got some legs in it. 
Black Widow, long-awaited, May 7th. Now, this is a prequel that's set between the movies Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, since, of course, the Black Widow character was sadly lost to us in Avengers Endgame. We'll also see, of course, Scarlett Johansson is playing the Black Widow, but there is a franchise of them now, as we've seen in the comic books before, of course. Florence Pugh is playing Yelena Belova. We've also got Rachel Weiss playing a character in this, and David Harbour from Stranger Things, and Hellboy as well, uh, playing Alexei Shotokov, a.k.a. the Red Guardian. And that looks like it's going to be fun too because they've got Taskmaster in there as well. These all mean things to Marvel comic fans. Maybe not so much to you. I don't know. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which was shooting in Australia, finished now and in um, post-production, is being released on July the 9th in 2021. And Simu Liu is playing Shang-Chi, the Kung Fu expert, and he will be fighting Tony Leung, playing the Mandarin, a different Mandarin to the one we've seen in the MCU up until now. And Michelle Yeoh is... Also appearing in this, probably not as Emperor Giorgio from Star Trek Discovery. So I'm looking forward to that one. I hope they don't try and retcon Ben Kingsley's appearance as the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 in this one. In fact, I'd be quite happy if they just sort of got Ben Kingsley to play it again. But there you go. Speaking of Venom, as we did before, Sony's releasing Venom Let There Be Carnage in June on the 15th reportedly and this is being directed by Andy Serkis who is one of the great CGI motion capture artists in the business and he's working on a screenplay by Kelly Marcel of course Andy Serkis also appeared in the MCU playing Claw in uh, several different movies last seen in the Black Panther movie Woody Harrelson is in this as well that cheers me up and Michelle Williams, Reed Scott, and Naomi Harris. I don't know too much about this one, but it's probably going to be quite funny, I would say. I think they've realised that the Venom character plays more like Deadpool, more or less. All right, The Eternals, and this is the one that a lot of people won't know much about, but I know a lot because the Celestials, the giant creatures we've seen in the MCU before, the giant space aliens, they were created by Jack Kirby back in the day, back in the 1970s, in some really cosmic Marvel stories. And in this case, they've got playing the actual Eternals, who are not the Celestials. These are little fellows and lasses. This is... uh, They're kind of superhero gods, very much identified with sort of human mythological analogues. Angelina Jolie is playing one of them, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek playing Ajak, which is a a gender swap for that character. Don Lee playing Gilgamesh, Barry Keown playing Droog, uh, one of the, uh, the villains in that, and Kit Harington playing Dane Whitman, who we know as the Black Knight in... Marvel comic stories. Spider-Man 3 released in December the 17th in 2021. It may have another title as well, but it's basically the direct sequel to Spider-Man Far From Home. This is the aftermath with Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland, um, having his secret identity revealed, as he did in the, uh, the previous movie, and dealing with how all that's going to play out. 
Benedict Cumberbatch is appearing as Doctor Strange in this movie and Jamie Foxx as Electro and a whole bunch of other previously seen characters from Spider-Man movies, including, well, you know, you will find out in due course how many of them actually make it to the screen, riffing off the success of the animated movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which if you haven't seen, go and watch it. It's a great Spider-Man movie. If you can possibly see it in 3D, give it a shot for that too. Anyway, that's Spider-Man 3. As yet uh, to have a subtitle as far as I know. Back to the MCU on television, which is to say on Disney Plus, Loki with Tom Hiddleston is appearing sometime maybe in in late May. Everyone's looking forward to that because Loki is just so much evil fun. And it's going to be a time travel series, apparently. So that should be something to look forward to. And it riffs off the uh, escape of Loki in Avengers Endgame. (laughs) It all makes sense. Trust me. And Owen Wilson is there as well, playing a character called Mobius. (laughs) Oh, dear. As well as Richard E. Grant. So that's one to look forward to, too. Marvel's What If animated series. This is the one where they're going all out using The Watcher as a sort of a link to various individual stories. We're going to see what if character of Peggy Carter had become Captain Britain instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America. That's all right. Don't don't worry. Steve gets built a suit of Iron Man armor by Howard Stark. So, yeah. Also, we've got um, T'Challa becoming Star-Lord instead of the Black Panther. And, yeah, they've got Chadwick Boseman's voice for that particular character. And a lot of um, MCU actors are reprising their roles as voice actors for this What If animated series, including Samuel L. Jackson and so on. So watch out for that one. Ms. Marvel, another live-action series. A favourite character of mine, actually. She came to comic books in 2013. Um, Kamala Khan, a teenager who becomes exposed to the Terrigen Mist and ends up with all sorts of powers as basically becoming one of the Inhumans. Bit of a shapeshifter, really, this one. She can embiggen, enlarging and uh, and shrinking herself upon demand or whim, as it may happen. A great character, a really street-level character for the MCU, and I'm really pleased to see this. A lot of inclusion in terms of representation in this one. One of the first mainstream, important, leading player Muslim characters in the MCU. She's been played by uh, Iman Vellani and I believe the plan is to have her to also appear in the MCU and she's a big fan of Carol Danvers Captain Marvel. In fact her character takes her name Ms Marvel from a previous incarnation of Captain Marvel. There's a Hawkeye series as well with Jeremy Renner playing Hawkeye, Clint Barton, and Haley Steinfeld playing Kate Bishop. So this may have some tie-ins to uh, Black Widow as well, because Florence Pugh has been confirmed as making a guest appearance. Wow, <laughs> there's just so much coming. She-Hulk, now, this is another one that lights my green flame. Tatiana Maslany from the Orphan Black series is playing She-Hulk. We've got Tim Roth reappearing. Why am I quite sure is the abomination monster from that very 
first MCU Hulk movie, which was the second one, so to speak. There's a Moon Knight series coming and a Secret Invasion one where Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn will be appearing as Nick Fury and Talos. Ironheart, another favourite of mine. Dominic Thorne plays Riri Williams. Now, she's a teenage inventor who models herself after Tony Stark, only she would say smarter and better. (laughs) And she builds her own suit of armour, so there's an Ironheart series of comics, so that's been brought to the small screen. And speaking of armour, Armour Wars. Don Cheadle will be reappearing once again as War Machine, James Rhodes. So, now that's an interesting story. That came out in the 1980s in the comics originally, and the Armour Wars essentially had Tony Stark going around after a bit of industrial espionage had transferred his technological secrets to a number of villains and heroes and government agencies and so on, and he wanted it back. So he sort of waged this little war against people to try and retrieve his lost technology. Now, of course, we've... Tony Stark out of the picture in the Marvel Universe, at least on screen. He's alive and well and doing quite um, spectacularly in the comic books at the moment. But without that character in the MCU to have Armor Wars actually makes sense to bring Rhodey in to retrieve the technology on a sort of a, a tribute to the legacy of Tony Stark. Look, would I like to see RDJ continue on? Of course I would have. But those are the breaks, and I'm not going to let that get in the way of future enjoyment. This is one for the <laughs> the Groot fans. Uh, Disney Plus is also doing a series of short films. I am Groot. <laughs> so, wow. Now, I've also heard that they're working on a Fantastic Four movie. Now, how they managed to re boot that successfully after a couple of well you know I didn't mind too much the first two ones I thought they were reasonably well cast actually it's just as well that they didn't go on from there because well you know we didn't really need to see Chris Evans playing the Fantastic Four and Captain America at the same time I think he did a good pretty good job as a human torch though we will let that pass and we'll see how they go eventually in the probably distant future, but I've also heard that Ryan Reynolds has been in discussions with Marvel too. So, you know, they would um, be able to produce a Deadpool universe in the broader MCU without being in the X-Men universe. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah, lots of interesting stuff there. May it all come to fruition. Okay, you may not be a fan of the Star Wars universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe or all the spin-offs and so on, but there are a lot of people who are. Uh, Whether or not you like them or not, that's down to your individual taste. I have my reservations about certain things, but I'm damn sure I've also got reservations on board those franchises as they go in the future for at least certain entries. All right, so what will we do next? Let's hope for a better future next year. David Bowie from his album Heathen. So I thought that uh, that could be something to be hoped for. Hello, this is Bobcat Goldthwait, and you're listening to 3 Triple R FM Melbourne. <laughs> Demanding a better future there, Mr. David Bowie. Ah, from his Heathen album. That's about it for Zero G for today. So he's coming up next with Astral Glamour. I'd like to thank everybody. <laughs> everybody basically for keeping zero g and i cannot say sane because that ship sailed a long time ago during these challenging times 
the next year in 2021 will be in the future. But then Zero-G has been there all along. Thanks to Megan McHugh, our co-pilot, and Kayla Larson, our podcaster, our partners, Gail and Carl, and also everybody at Triple R who's done such a great job of technical jiggery-pokery over the last year. Adam, Beck, Dave, Elizabeth. Ah, so many people. So little time left to go. Actually, I don't think I'll go out of a track today. I will just give you a little bit of dialogue from Mr Shatner. No, I promise you, he's not going to sing again. He's just going to say goodbye to you for the year. Sophie will come up next with Astral Glamour. What does the future hold in this coming year? Well, we've already told you about a few of the things on streaming and so on, but there's going to be many, many more surprises.